When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders Podcast with Mark Carmen and Robert Murray. The trade deadline has come and gone. We are officially into the pennant drive. Welcome in to the Baseball Insiders. Thank you for having us on today. Good to see you, Alex. Good to see you, Darius. Our first chatters today. And always good to see you at by Robert Murray, my guy. Wow. My guy at the Carm right there. How are we doing, Carm? Uh, good, good. Different location for me today. I know our our viewers are very, very detail oriented. So I am doing this from the home studio today, across the way from good old Soldier Field, where the Bears had a family practice. So Bert, talking to you from a different location makes me feel weird, but still just good all over at the same time. Because hey, baseball season. Is get we're getting down to the nitty gritty. A lot on the show today, including we're going to start with the New York Yankees and their uh, recent struggle. Except for the fact that you know they still have the second best record in baseball. But we are going to touch on the Yankees with a little mini five game slide. San Diego, what's up, Padres? You're going out and you're getting Juan Soto, but not winning many games. Chris Sale with another epic uh, accident off the field. So we'll touch on the Red Sox and what they're. Rest of the season looks like Tim Anderson and the White Sox. Huge, huge injury news there today with Anderson being out four to six weeks. We'll have some White Sox talk. And don't look now, but the St. Louis Cardinals, you're a team you know very well, Bert. They are, they are, they're on, they're on a good roll here. Uh, but let's start, let's start with the Yankees, buddy. Good to see you once again. This is a, this is a, a, a team that I think a lot of people think are going to come out of the, American League, but Matt Carpenter getting dinged up yesterday, and I don't know, uh, maybe a little bit of holes in the pitching here. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's that Carpenter injury is super unfortunate for them because he was a breakout star for them, Carm. Like we, we were, I was joking around with somebody pretty recently that uh, uh, Carpenter would have turned on the same deal that Juan Soto did, um, just with the way he's been playing this year. But losing him for with a fractured foot for two months is a huge blow to them, and. Thankfully for them, they added some offensive depth 
Um, at the trade deadline, they got a, a nice bat in Andrew Benintendi. Um, but like that is an absence that they're going to feel pretty – it's going to be pretty notable, like not having that kind of a player in there. Um, and, yeah, like it hurts, but at the same time, Carmen, they're 71-39 and 39 and lead that division by 10 and a half games. So, like, they're built to withstand the loss of Matt Carpenter, which is not exactly a phrase that, like, I thought I'd be saying come into this season, but here we are. No, but look, uh, it's, it's not a full season of work here, but the dude's, you know, 127 at-bats. He's in 307. He's got 15 homers. He's got 37 RBIs. He's been a very, very good player for the Yanks. Uh, and also, you know, our, our, our slight Yankees, I don't know if we want to call it, uh, underlining and or concern if you're a Yankees fan. Look, Aaron Boone called a team meeting before the, the you know the series opening up. Just got swept by the Cardinals. Hey, yeah. r- reminder, we're the best team in the American League, best team in baseball. Let's start acting like it. So that that's interesting in itself. No, it it definitely is interesting, and it shows that he's got like a sense of of urgency. Like I would imagine for him, he doesn't want the team to get complacent with them having that big of a lead. Um, and it's easy, like, I mean, they were that good at the start of the year, and then all of a sudden they get Ben Intendi, they get Frankie Montas, they get Scott Efrost from the Cubs. They make all these trades, and, like, they look like a juggernaut. And I think he just doesn't want them to be, as I said, complacent. Um, I think they'll be fine in the end. They, I mean, that team is too good not to, like, overcome this. But still, like, they're being te- – it's weird, Carm, how, like, the two teams that were the most aggressive, both the Padres and the Yankees, have struggled – pretty significantly after the deadline here. Well, and sometimes it just takes a second for guys to get settled in, put too much pressure on yourself. I don't know if that's – I mean, Ben Intendi was has been awful until last night. Um, so may, maybe that's part of it. I also think that we can always – we can always tie this back to the Cubs, Bert. That's what I try to do. And this is an easy one. My guy – not really my guy, but uh, – Anthony Rizzo and his back issues have popped up, so he's been out for four games. And when you don't have Rizzo in the lineup, lineup just ain't as good. All comes back to a little bit of cubby there for you, buddy. Always. It's amazing to me, Carm, how you have the ability to tie anything into the Cubs or the White Sox. Like that is that's why you're the Carm. That's why you're the man. Well, so. I do it. I do it for our handy dandy loyal trusty viewers. We love you, Sean Garner, uh, just out of nowhere. Do you think? Do you guys think the Cubs become big spenders this off season? Uh, and you know, in our trade deadline productions, we were convinced they were going to trade Wilson Contreras. They didn't trade him, uh, and then Jed Hoyer came up with whatever he came up with, uh, saying that we just don't give away our good players. Which is like, what do you mean? You've been doing that for a while now. But uh, it, it does beg the question, do you think they'll, you know, will they bring back Wilson and, and add on in the offseason? Or he's been on local radio in Chicago recently saying that, yeah, they're, they're two, three, four years away. Nowhere close right now, which is obvious. They're not. No, they are not close whatsoever. And if it was up to me, Carm, I would not re-sign Wilson Contreras if it gets too expensive. Um, although that being said, I actually don't know if it will be that expensive. Because if you, okay, look at his circumstances that he's going to have going into this market. Is there were teams that had a lot of concerns about his ability to be an everyday catcher um, at the trade deadline. He's going to be attached most likely to a qualifying offer, which is going to result in a team having to part with the top draft pick. 
and he's on the wrong side of 30. That's going to condense his market pretty heavily. Um, maybe there's one or two teams who's willing to give him like a lucrative, like one, two, maybe three year contract. But it's, I don't think he's going to have as strong of a market as like he would have expected coming into this year, which is unfortunate for him. But it's the reality now that baseball still has a qualifying offer here. So maybe he does have to stay. Who knows? Yeah. No, I, I listen. I think it's a 50 50 shot that he comes back and. The qualifying offer just absolutely sucks for the players. It has led guys like, if we continue on down the Cub path, now a Dodger, but Craig Kimbrell ended up not pitching until June because he had a qualifying offer attached to him, and nobody wanted to give uh, the Red Sox draft picks for him. So he ended up, you know, until there was a desperate need, he didn't pitch. And that's, that's just not how it should go. Um, one more on the Cubs here for my guy, Johnny. I've seen a lot of insiders saying the Cubs will get one of those top shortstops this offseason. Do you agree? Well, one of the reasons why they didn't get one of the top shortstops in the offseason last year, Johnny, is because their team sucks. And Carlos Correa looked at the Cubs as like, you know, I go and play for you. You're the Cubs. You're looking at me uh, uh, quizzically here. But this, this was what I've heard reported, Bert. That he just looked at the team that they're not you're not good. You don't have any prospects coming that are, are immediate. So I'd be going to a place where I would go, but I'm not going to go there now because I don't want to lose. And so I think that part of it, getting one of the top shortstops, is, is going to be a challenge for them because they are that far away. They are far away, and you're right that the Cubs or that career he wanted to play for a winner last year or this year and going forward like he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild and he made that clear but from every bit of information that i gathered the cubs really weren't that serious after correa um like their interest at least what was reported was pretty drastically like overstated um so like i didn't i never thought there was a real chance that correa was gonna end up with the cubs um this year, do I think they could be in the market for a shortstop? Yeah, I think there's a better chance for that. Um, am I going to put a favorite to their who they're going to land? No, um, but like it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up like pursuing one of those top shortstops. And it remains to be seen whether or not they're going to be able to land one though, because they're like that far away from competing. What do you think as we jump ahead here? And this was not on the rundown. Bert's so throwing a slight curveball at you, but you're capable because you're Robert Murray. Damn it. Hit that subscribe button. Baseball Insiders, we love you. Uh, where do you think Correa plays baseball next season? Oh, boy. That's a hell of a question, Carm. Um, I, I actually I, – I couldn't even give you a guess right now. Um, it's There's so much that needs to be, like, figured out for me to – like, before I can answer that. Like, if you ask me that the first week of the offseason, I can give you a better answer than that. But, like – I also wonder if there's a chance that let's say a guy like Dansby Swanson does not hit the market um, because the Braves, they're known for those kind of extensions. Um, and they just got done signing Austin Riley to a, a deal. And I am very confident that they have spoken to Dansby Swanson about an extension. Um, I don't like, there's nothing close, but like, I know that's something that's been discussed. So We'll so let me let me tell you something. Things I love about Robert Murray. I'll ask you a question, a la Carlos Correa. You 
instead of throwing a willy-nilly guess out there, you have integrity to everything you say, and you just don't do it. No, nope. that's the, that's the that's the brilliance of Murray. Yeah, that's actually something that goes back to what Ken Rosenthal taught me when I was at the Athletic. Because we're not in the game of guessing or speculating; we're in the business of reporting facts, and that's stuck with me. Like that was some of the best advice I've ever been given. Like, so shout out to Ken Rosenthal for that one. Like, that Way to go, cool. Ken! I I think you can say things like just a pure guess. I would say this, but if just, you don't, yeah, just a pure guess. Karma's going to continue to try to make me guess on things. So there we go. How's that? How'd I do, Karma? Uh, that was good. That was good. All right. Uh, anything else on the Yankee struggles that we have not touched on here other than, uh, listen, we got Boone acknowledging it. We've got a 71-39 and 39 team, which uh, if, if you haven't looked at the standings recently, that that's the standings look still pretty damn good. You're 10 and a half up on Toronto. You have one more win than the Astros you have the same amount of wins as the New York Mets it's interesting by the way Mets and Yankees both 71 and 39 on this August the 9th and of course the Dodgers with the best record in baseball at 75 and 33 but anytime the Yankees go through a five-game slide it's 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 noteworthy Mm -hmm. no it most definitely is noteworthy but if I had to say anything to Yankees fans it'd be to like stay patient your team is 71 and 39 you just got done adding some pretty significant pieces at the deadline like Frankie Montas is not going to give up that many runs in each outing. Like he's going to be fine. So, and also one more thing I want to tell you about this car. Yeah. Is I hear, or I see a lot about um, players after they're traded, like teams or player or people ultimately expect them to like hit the ground running and like and perform at the elite level that they expect. Um, but like, these players have to go through a lot of these different factors. It's not just like getting acclimated to a new team, but like something that I've had preached to me a few times is that they like have to find places for their families to live. They got to figure out all their living arrangements on the fly. Um, So like be patient with the players, at least of this, like, I mean, yeah, you can get frustrated if they struggle, but remember they're human beings. Um, And I feel like, I feel like that gets lost. I like, I try to say that quite a bit on the pod um, that these guys are, they're humans. Um, and I feel like, as I said, that gets kind of lost in the in the whole discussion here. Yeah, no, I, I, it's 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 true. They are human beings, and when you get traded, it does take a second to settle in, and you're dealing with things that you're not dealing with during a season, and you are playing professional baseball against the most competitive people in the sport who are trying to get you out, and or vice versa. So, right, it ain't easy out there. Well, well said, Bert. All right. Let's go out to San Diego where no one expected, I don't think, the Padres to come close to getting the Giants, but that that race is officially dead and gone to the 10th power, 16 and a half back. Padres on a five-game losing streak. Dodgers have won eight in a row. Juan Soto still getting acclimated. The Padres aren't hitting. They lose one nothing last night. I overturned call. People in San Diego going nuts. Um as uh, Joey Bart made an incredible pick at the plate, uh, you know, w- well done. Giants won, Padres nothing. Uh, what's your level of confidence, Bert, if, if any, that the Padres can right this ship, get in the playoffs, and then be a real factor come October? I'll give it a seven. It's wow. not going to – yeah. Oh, is that high or low for you, Carl? I think that's high. I think that's I think that's a you, you, it's fair, fair confidence. 
Yeah, it's 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 confidence because they have the star capability of like turning the ship around, and but they're also going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. back in a little bit too. Which right uh, last time I checked, he's pretty good. Friend of the pod, by the way, Carm. Um, since he's been right. on the pod, yeah, people forget that. But he um, he loves us. Oh, most definitely. How could you not love us, Carm? I mean, <laughs> we're great. We're the baseball insiders. But uh, the Padres, they have the pitching depth in the rotation to write this ship to. Uh, Clevenger has been performing really well, except for that last start against the, the Dodgers. Uh, Joe Musgrove just got that big extension. Like I'm pretty confident in that rotation hitting wise. They still have some holes there, Carm. Um, and they did not upgrade the catcher spot. Like they wanted to, like that's a spot that they identified as a position where they could try to upgrade that one. Um, but I mean, you can only do so much in one set deadline. Uh, you can't go get Wilson Contreras after getting Soto hater and, Josh Bell. Um, but like that, that roster was pretty flawed going into the deadline. It got better for sure. Um, but like, it's still, there's flaws with it. So it's not like it's a perfect team by any means, but they're not going to win that division. But right now they're basically going to be in a race for that wild card spot with perhaps the Brewers, which is really interesting considering the Brewers just traded them arguably their best player in Josh Hader. Um, and like that team is in flux right now, Carm. It's um, we got to see Devin Williams's comments on the hater trade. Uh, he clearly seemed pretty beat up and like put down by it. Uh, I had somebody close to the team like use the word floored to describe that clubhouse. Wow! Um, it was like that hater trade. Like that's it underscores Mark Atanasio's belief in David Stearns because that was easily the most controversial move that Stearns has made since joining Milwaukee. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, I know, I know the teams around the NL, NL Central were thrilled to see Hayter leave the division. There's, there's no doubt about that. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Just, just finishing up on the Padres here, a couple things, just if people aren't paying as close attention as the baseball insiders. They're now 1-5 since Soto and Bell came on board. Um, the weekend with the Dodgers was embarrassing. They were outscored 20-4. to um, They had, you know, they, they did not score last night. Uh, so they have a scoreless inning streak down. That's 23 innings going strong here. And when you look at the standings, they are one game up, by the way, on those Brewers for the third wild card spot. 
So you said seven on turning it around. What's your what's your number on them missing the playoffs? With ten being very likely and one being not very likely, I'd put sure. it at like three. I, I'm pretty confident they're going to make the playoffs and as a wild card. And then with that, I'll tell you what would be fun, Carm, is perhaps a uh, a Braves versus Padres winner take all wild card. Like that would be to me an absolute freaking blast. Both of those teams, yeah, oof, that's like. I can't. I don't, I don't think I can say that. So I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say that. You just. But I think anyway, you just said. That'd be, be cool. Be, well, well, sign me up. And you know, to your point, by the way, on Tatis, uh, he is getting closer to coming back. He's uh, he played Saturday and Sunday at, with Double A, um, and uh, he said he said he felt good. So for whatever that's worth. By the way. Uh, Kind of as we can transition here. Remember, Tatis broke his left wrist. That was all the way back in the offseason. And reportedly, it was in a motorcycle crash, which takes us to Chris Sale, who broke his right wrist in a bike accident, uh, had surgery. He's, he's got, uh, you know, 5.2 innings that he threw this year, 42 and two thirds since 2021. He signed for two more seasons at Gargantuan Money. Nightmare, to say the least, for the Boston Red Sox. And I guess for sale with the exception of his bank account. Yeah, his bank account's looking good. But its uh, I'll tell you, this is about as unfortunate of like an injury history as we could possibly imagine. Like, And Heim Bloom even joked that like they got to find the person who's controlling his voodoo doll because like – this person is clearly like, um, it, it just it's it sucks, Carm, because he's a great pitcher and a very competitive dude. Um, and when he's at, when he's at his best, like I don't know if there's a pitcher I enjoy watching more. He's certainly in like the top ten or top five. Like he's a very fun pitcher to watch. But um, and it, it's it's surprising to me, Carm. At the same time, seeing people like compare him to Pablo Sandoval. Um, in terms of like a bust after getting a big contract, which I don't think is the case at all because Sandoval, like that had no shot from the get go. Like there was sale cares. Like he cares a lot. He cares a lot. So um, I, I don't like those comparisons to Pablo Sandoval is what I'm trying to say. Right. But if you could go back in time, there's no way the Red Sox are either a doing the, 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 the signing and or the trade. I wouldn't think. No, because that trade, I'll tell you, that trade was, I mean, what was it? Yoan Mankata. And um, Kopech. And Kopech. I always forget about Kopech for some reason. I mean, that was a, a massive trade. Then they signed with that big extension. I mean, they could have never forecast all the injuries that he would have, especially at this one. Like, he fell off a bike while he was trying to get lunch. Like, that doesn't happen. And he also took a liner off the finger um, in the second start back from the IL. Like, I mean, that's as fluky as it gets. Um I mean, it's yeah, the signing hasn't worked out, but I feel bad for Sale. Yeah, I don't know if I feel bad for him. The guy's a, he's just, I mean, I don't know. I just don't. Uh, dude's had a pretty pretty good run here. I do, I guess, think fondly of his time in Chicago, especially when he decided to cut up jerseys and the general manager was at his son's baseball game and had to leave to come back to the park to talk to, as he put it, the sailor. A little bit of a bizarre dude. As far as Boston, 
and they're uh, they're lot in life right now, Bert. What what do you see happening with the Red Sox the rest of the way? I mean, look, they're uh, toast, toast, done and done, huh? Yeah, they are burnt to a crisp carm. They are <laughs> stick a fork in them, they're done. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, they're, they're. I'll tell you, their trade deadline strategy was probably as weird as as anybody's. Like, I thought they were going to sell. Like, they had pretty significant pieces to sell here. Like, J.D. Martinez would have been a great fit for the Mets. Nathan Eovaldi could have been a nice rotation addition for a lot of these teams seeking, like, rotation depth, especially one with postseason experience. Um, and yet they held on to them both and ended up adding some pieces in different areas. Like, it, it made little sense. And there was actually just a story um, – from Alex Spear, um, who basically outlined talking to different people in the Red Sox organization who were just completely like confused by their trade deadline strategy of not fully committing to a sell when they clearly should have been in a position to sell. Uh, yep. No, I get it. I get it. Missed opportunity for sure uh, for Boston. And being in the middle is just a, it's a rough place to be. Speaking of at least slightly being in the middle. Another great calm transition here, Bert. Let's go great over to the White Sox. And uh, our guy who's been on this pod, friend of the program, Russ Dorsey over at Bally Sports, uh, breaking today that Tim Anderson, the heart and soul of the White Sox, is out four to six weeks with a torn ligament in his hand and that surgery is a possibility. Uh, Tim has actually been struggling as of late. He's kind of muscling his way through a batting slump that is just out of character, really, for him. Uh, not going the other way as much. This guy, whatever. So, I, not that he wouldn't get through it because I think he will. But now, out four to six weeks, top of the order, engine of the White Sox. Season has been a complete disappointment to this point you know the Sox sitting up two games over 500 two and a half back in the wild card chase and uh what are they they're two back in the division as well which is probably still not going to run away from them but four to six weeks on August the 9th that is a enormous uh, yeah. to, to take the obvious blow um and just just really just too bad no it's awful and it that's their heart and soul, Carm. I mean, you know that as well as anybody. Like Tim Anderson is like is the White Sox right now, and losing him for four to six weeks in the most important part of their seasons, like he's going to be returning with what two, three weeks left in the season. I and mean, the, off off of a hand injury, and it, it's just not easy to get your timing back. You know, no, it's not. And I mean that it's it's not going to rule them off for the season or anything. But what they need is they need somebody in that lineup to step up um, and finally take the reins here because, like, they've been lacking that this entire season. And if they can have a player or two step up or have the rotation continue to pitch, like, at a high level, like Dylan Cease, I mean, you know, watching the White Sox as much as you do, like, Dylan Cease has been awesome this year. Um, and they, they, they just need that entire roster from lineup to rotation, the bullpen, to step up for once because – we're reaching like the tipping point here, and the Anderson injury just puts a whole lot more pressure on. Like that's that's a devastating blow, is what that is. It is, and uh, I'd say it's 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 over for the Sox, but I won't say it because of that division. 
they still they still have enough talent to cover it. Uh, but and he you know will be back before the playoffs. So if somehow some way they can get it done, then you get a fresh Anderson coming back. Give him a couple of give him a week to get his timing. It could still work out in the end. But uh, we are getting to the point now in the year that maybe it's just not going to work out for the White Sox here in 2022. By the way, uh, without leaving the city. Did you Franmil Reyes being picked up by the Cubs, Bert? Did that catch you off guard? What the hell is that? Are you trying are you trying to win yeah. games now? Yeah, that um I'll tell you that one was was rather bizarre that the Guardians let him go, but like that also was a move that had been coming for a little bit. As as Zach Mizell wrote in the Athletic, like Reyes showed up this year to spring training um out of shape and it really resulted in him having a very down season. Like he was only hitting, I think, 213 by the time the the Guardians designated him for assignment. Um, but there was going to be some team that bet on him uh, just because of his talent and his previous history. Like he's a guy who's very capable of hitting 30-plus homers with no issue. And the Cubs are in a perfect spot to give him that opportunity because, as we talked about before, they're not in a position to compete um, this year. They can give him meaningful at-bats, consistent playing time, and try to, like – implement a couple tweaks because the, if that works out, that's a super cheap addition. Um, and I mean, it, it comes at no risk whatsoever. And also yeah. as I tweeted right before the show started, Reyes actually switched agents today. Um, he was previously with Scott Boris um, and he just went to CAA baseball. So free look. I get it. I, I guess I think through it more on the fly here, I suppose like, okay. If you guys can unlock something, then maybe he becomes a player for you in 2023. Fair enough. Uh, I wouldn't call it the same thing, another transition, but uh, Rocky Adams, appreciate you jumping in on here. And, and yeah, the, the Toronto Blue Jays bringing in Jackie Bradley Jr., who was released by the Red Sox last week, so now going over to the division rival. Um, you know, he, I, When you get released, you haven't played good baseball. Dude's hitting 210. But any, any thoughts on that flyer that the Jays are taking? You know, I don't hate the move one bit um, because I think he's going to need a better position to succeed than he was in Boston because Boston wanted him to play more than he should have at this stage of his career. And in Toronto, he's going to end up being the number four outfielder, good center field depth behind George Springer. Um, and he can – he's also very good in the clubhouse, like, that's something that I got to hear pretty consistently, obviously when he was in Boston, but with when he was with the Brewers, like people there loved them. Um, and that was a really difficult trade for them to make in the off season when they sent him back to Boston is like, yeah, he struggled, but like, he's a great locker room guy. And having that in Toronto, um, I think is only going to help them it comes at no risk whatsoever. Cause I'm sure that's going to be on the veterans minimum. Um, and then Boston's going to pay the rest of his deal. But, but yeah, that's, uh, I thought that was a pretty smart move. Again, it comes at no risk either. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's wrap her up here today, team, with uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, winners of seven in a row. And, yes, it started against the Washington Nationals, and then they got three off the Cubs. And then they've won a couple one-run games uh, against the Yankees before sweeping them out on, on Sunday. So, I don't know. Uh, Arenado's on fire. Cardinals have a two-game lead on the Brewers. You making them the favorite now in the NL Central with everything that's happened? 
Oh yeah, I think they're the, the heavy favorite in the Central right now. They're only up two games, but they have every everything trending their way. Pitching staff is upgraded. Like that Jordan Montgomery trade was a, I thought was a very smart move by them. Um, Reaffirm their belief in Dylan Carlson by sending Harrison Bader to the Yankees. Um, Jose Quintana was a super underrated addition in my opinion. Uh, that offense is like they they thought going into the season that it was going to be a top five offense, um, just because of how deep and talented it is and um, they're showing signs of that for sure like they, they just have the field calm of like a team that is primed to make a pretty deep run here um, whether or not they're going to be able to supplant the Dodgers don't know but right now I consider them to be a pretty like pretty heavy favorite in the central even over the Brewers because they're they're trending in the opposite direction like it is no bueno six and oh homestand first homestand of a sweep of six games or more if you got to go back to September 2013. Adam Wainwright, by the way, found the youth, even though he got knocked around yesterday. Uh, but in, in that game that we're talking about, too, we, did, we didn't mention in the Yankees thing. That was that was Frankie Montes' debut with the Yanks, by the way, and he got smoked. So, yeah. Which is really weird, Carm, because Montas was a rumored target of the Cardinals, and he went up against the Cardinals, got shelled. And then the Yankees traded Montgomery to the Cardinals, and Montgomery started against the Yankees and shut him off for like five or six innings. I mean, it's it's weird how that kind of stuff like all works around here. It's I don't know, baseball is one hell of a game. That's the only way I can put it. Head spinning, head spinning. Uh, uh, Sean Gar, let's let's get you in here before we go here. Jed Hoyer said they want more power next year in their lineup. What are your thoughts on the impending release of Jason Hayward? Uh, which came down yesterday that you know Hayward's been out with a knee injury. He's got one year left on his $184 million contract he's going to make, forget exactly, but in the mid-20s uh, in the final year of the deal. But it won't be with the Cubs, at least where he'll be, where he'll be playing. Uh, the Jason Hayward signing might be the best signing in the history of the Chicago Cubs. Yes, he sucked on the field. Yes, it was exhausting watching him roll over on pitches three feet off the plate that he should be taking to left field and, and and tap out to the second baseman for the hundredth time. But when the rain came down and there was a 17-minute delay and Araldus Chapman had given up a three-run bomb and Joe Madden had done everything he possibly could to lose the baseball game, taking out Kyle Hendricks, taking out John Lester, just an awful performance from Madden, who was a great manager and still should be managing the Cubs, but he did not have a good night that night and the night and game six pitching Ch- uh, Chapman, which was ridiculous. Uh, Jason Hayward, for those who forgot, brought him in to the training room or equipment room or wherever they were at Progressive Field in Cleveland and reminded everybody that they were the best damn team in baseball all season long. And out came Kyle Schwarber with a base hit to right. And Ben Zobers with the double down the line. Miguel Montero with the knock to left for the additional run that no one talks about. And then C.J. Edwards and Mike Montgomery getting through the 10th as I hyperventilated down the right field line and the Cubs won the World Series. Hayward was perhaps the best signing in Cubs baseball history. R.I.P. to his Cubs career. Good luck elsewhere. You are no longer needed here. The Cubs are in a rebuild. But Cub fans should not speak ill will of Jason Hayward, Burt. That's what I'm saying. 
no wise spot of there. I don't know if he's the best signing in Cubs history, but like he, he was definitely like a very good addition for them. Like, all right, John, 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 John Lester, John Lester, John Lester one. Yep. Hayward two. Like I would say Andre Dawson back in the day when they got him for $500,000 because he didn't want to play on the turf with the Montreal Expos anymore. I don't know if you know that story, Bert. And he won the MVP for a last-place club, hitting 49 homers with 137 RBIs. This is, by the way, off the top of my head over here. No problem. Young Carm will never forget the Hawk wearing eight and dominating in right field. But the team finished last. Hayward was the opposite of that. Sucked down the field, but that level of leadership in that moment I don't know if they would have won without it. So there you go. I'm in agreement. I'm a big, big clubhouse leader guy. That's why I was a fan of the Jackie Bradley move. But also, like <laughs> another, another part of your, uh, your thing, Sean, was the Cubs wanted to add some power to that team. Framil Reyes is that, and that's a low risk move. Like that's that's a perfect move by them. Yeah, and it may not work out though. It, like the, the thing is, it's a perfect move in the in the sense that it makes a whole lot of sense. It may not work out. But that's the kind of lottery ticket you make. And, yeah. Yeah, no, sure. Free look, as we said, maybe he hits. Most likely he doesn't. But I guess they have nothing to lose. Bert, you've got nothing to lose. You just fly like United Airlines, just cruising across the USA, New York to California, touching down in LAX after leaving LaGuardia on a mission for dominance. Yeah, like I was flying in my living room, Carmen. What, what do you know? What's the slogan for United? Oh, I have no idea. Something special in the air is that American. We're oh. American Airlines. Something special in the air. That's American. United. You're flying the friendly skies. Come on, man. What's going on? Or is that Delta? You're flying the friendly skies. I have no idea. United. It's time to fly. It's time. Is you? I mean, I can't doubt Sean Daly. Sean Daly knows all karma. So Delta, if, if he says it, then yeah, it's. it's I right. no. I think Delta is we love to fly, and it shows. Um, the show's gone off the rockers. <laughs> what the heck? We're talking about even, slogans, Carm. Holy right. God! Yeah, I, I apologize. All right, oh, you no, want to great, great content. People crave it. Uh, I'm trying to think. The Southwest have a slogan. I mean, I got a Southwest credit card, baby. I'm, 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 I'm an endorser of the product. Let's go. All right, we got to go. Hey, <laughs> we're back next week, two o'clock Central Time. The Baseball Insiders, as we move towards the playoffs. Bird, I miss you, buddy. I miss you too, Karma. I'm sure I'll talk to you here in a little bit. So I'll, I'll call you right after the show. Yeah, much love, Carmen. Please subscribe, everybody. Otherwise, I won't be able to eat dinner tonight. So. There, yes. Yeah the subscribe button and, and tell a friend and a family member and a co-worker and uh, tell an enemy. Yeah, if you're at the gym and you see somebody too, be like, hey, have you listened to the Baseball Insiders yet? Go listen. It'll, 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 it'll make your afternoon or whenever you can check it out on YouTube or where your audio podcasts are found. We yeah, will... Here's a question for you, Carm. Yeah. What other baseball podcast gives you airline slogans? No I other... One. Yeah. No other baseball podcast. Sean Green, Rocky Adams, Johnny, Jason Parker, Leandro, Darius, Alex. Appreciate you all chiming in today. Michael Zach, thanks for producing. You too, Sean Daly. 
We will see you next week on the Baseball Insiders. Say bye, Robert. Bye, everybody. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.